Welcome to the HitchedMag.com podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am again joined with Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, this week, we are following up on an article you wrote. It is entitled, Letting Go. And it was a situation where one of our readers wrote into us, and it's a wife, and she has an email relationship with a friend. Um, it's, it's, the relationship is only through email, but she did admit that this gentleman, it's of the opposite sex, I should mention that, that's important, um, but this gentleman has had in the past uh, a, an attraction to her, and mm -hmm. her husband isn't very happy with the situation and feels uncomfortable. And, um, I'm, you know, this is one of those issues that I love to talk about because, you know, having an email relationship wasn't something happening 15, 20 years ago in marriages. So right. uh, this is why I really love what we do here. So um, because of this, she's telling her husband to, you know, just kind of get over it and deal with the insecurities yourself and he's telling her to stop, and they're just kind of butting heads. So I wanted to jump in with my first question here, which is, now there seems to be some sort of power struggle going on in the, re in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the past, we've discussed in the podcast here, and you have in your articles, about some research that uh, Dr. John Gottman's done, where he mentions um, couples just not being quote-unquote compatible, um, the majority of the time, actually. Do you think this is a situation where they're just uh, two alpha personalities not being compatible? No. <laughs> no, I really don't think so. Um, I think, you know, for me, the fact that this person that she's emailing with showed an interest in her, um, I, I, I was just uncomfortable with that. And I really understand the husband's discomfort. Um, and I don't think it's just a matter of of them butting heads um, and even if there really is nothing to it the fact that the husband is so uncomfortable with it I think needs to be paid attention to um, the kinds of things that Gottman is discussing as far as incompatibility are things like oh I really want to go uh, for Mexican food uh, oh I'd really I hate Mexican food I'd really much rather be going for Italian food or our vacations this year should be where we're doing an adventure vacation. Um, and uh, no, I'd really rather be, you know, lying out in the sun. This is a biggie. This is an emotional issue. Okay. So I don't see it as just butting heads. Okay. N now, in the, in the article, the husband wasn't able to convince his wife, and that's one of the reasons that she was writing, trying to have us convince the husband that she's doing something that's okay. Yeah. Now, for the husband, I mean, he's given his best effort and convinced, trying to convince his wife that her behavior needs to change. What kind of advice could you offer her husband to persuade the wife to stop the email exchanges? Well, I think that calmly he has to say to her, look, I know that this is obviously, you know, something that you don't think is important, that you think, you know, I'm being silly about. Um, that there's no reason that I shouldn't be trusting you. But it's making me uncomfortable. In other words, he has to validate her, but then just own it and say, it's really making me uncomfortable. 
and the fact that I've asked you to stop and you continue can, makes it feel to me as if you're disrespecting me. I think he's got to put it in those terms. Okay. And um, and then he, in the end, you can't change anybody's behavior. You can only make a statement and say, you know, I can't, I can't change your behavior. So, you know, I'm, I'm telling you how I feel. I'm laying it out there for you. I can't promise that if this continues, I'm going to be okay with it. Okay. Now, this kind of goes into that my opening statement there about uh, online communication, to, uh, email communication, and those sorts of things. Do you think that emotional infidelity is an easier trap to fall into through electronic communications? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that the more buffers we have, um, the more safe we feel, so to speak. There was a very interesting study done years ago by Milgram on obedience. Um, and I, I, we don't have the time on a podcast to go through it. But generally what happened was when the person didn't feel that they were shocking the other person, um, they were supposed to deliver shocks, and when there was a barrier between them, it was easier to deliver the shocks than when there was no barrier between them. Um, a really quick way to show this to you is it's much easier to leave a message for someone that you're not going to meet with them than to tell them face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> excuse me, the more barriers there are, the easier it is to um, be open and therefore be emotional with somebody. Yeah, I think I've uh, I've actually seen and, and read about that study. I, th I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Now, everyone obviously has friends of the uh, opposite gender, and mm -hmm. um, a red flag for an emotional affair is when you cross the boundaries and begin to confide about your own relationship, and that's one mm -hmm. of the things you mentioned in your article. Are there other subjects that you'd recommend to stay off limits when uh, having a I, conversation? I think that basically... When you find that you're starting to talk more with your non-spouse partner mm -hmm. than you are with your own spouse, that that should let you know that you're starting to walk on thin ice. Okay. When you're starting to, you know, even discuss like, you know, the kids or things about yourself um, and you're feeling more comfortable or safer speaking to, again, the person who's not your spouse then you're basically making that part, that person more of your partner. Okay. And when somebody does find themselves in that situation where they realize, whoa, I'm talking to this other man or woman more than I am my spouse, how can they get out of that so they don't fall into that easy trap of an emotional affair? Well, you know, you can't change something unless you're aware of it. So I think the awareness is going to be key. And what you basically have to do is stop, stop, you know, talking as much. Uh, sometimes you may have to be a little bit more proactive and say to the other person, you know, I've realized that um, I like you very much and you're very comfortable to speak with, but I'm starting to talk to you a little bit more than my spouse and, and I really have my commitment to my spouse. And so, you know, I've got to start pulling back a little bit in the, in the amount that I speak to you because probably the other person is going to wonder, you know, what happened. But the main thing is to, is to pull back and not speak as much to that person. Okay. Uh, would, would it be okay to acknowledge to that other person that, hey, I feel uncomfortable with this because I feel like I'm maybe having an emotional affair? Is that something you would admit? Uh, it, it, 
that's a touchy one, Steve. I think it's okay to admit it, but the other person may then also say to you, well, I have feelings for you also, mm. and, you know, aren't we deserving of having some happiness in life? And that might, you know, start going down a slippery slope. Yeah, a very, very great point. Well, so you really have to be careful. I mean, again, the main thing to do is to pull back and, and know what you're going to do. Okay. Okay. Well, that is great advice, Karen. I really appreciate your time. Okay. And that, for everybody else out there, that's going to do it for us. Um, of course, you can get more information from Dr. Karen Sherman at uh, her re websites, choicerelationships.com and also at drkarensherman.com. And as always, you can find uh, her columns on hitchedmag.com. Until next time. Okay, Steve. Bye-bye. Bye now. Hitched, entertains, educates, and inspires married couples.